Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Courage Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Love, and today I have the pleasure to have Suzette on. And I was telling her before we started recording that I just love how my life is becoming a perfect example of what divine timing, what timing really looks like. And when you trust timing, how everything just kind of falls into place. I would just gone to an event in Montana and I was in a group of people and we did some workshops and things. And that was a few different workshops in that I have done with group exercises of things with breath work, yoga, meditation. And I just noticed that I don't get the same it just wasn't getting what I was looking for out of it. And I really felt like I was just absorbing a lot of people. So I came back and I said, you know, I really want to experience this in a very intimate kind of one-on-one setting and really see how deep I can go with this and how much more of a benefit I can get by doing individual work. So I, I just put it out in the universe. I said it. And then literally within a day or two, I saw a post on Instagram about Suzette hosting some event and that she does individual sessions. And I was like, hell yes. Another person that I connected with on Instagram that I've never even met. I sent her a message and I got the privilege of working with her and it was awesome. And I was like, Hey, I need you to be on my podcast. So here we are. (laughs) Suzette, take it away. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I love that. And that was something that I had to get comfortable with is recognizing that it's like, you know, social media is the new marketing. That's how we get ourselves out there. That's how people get to know us, to trust us, you know, is how we show up on social media. And for me, something that is, um, I think I'm learning about it as I go, but also there it is, there it is again, right? That also, um, how to how to show up as authentically as we can on Instagram or on social media, knowing that there it's still a, a version of us, right? Because we, you know, we show up in a certain way in all different aspects of our life and allowing that to exist. Everything gets to coexist. Like you can show up one way on one platform. You can show up in another way in your house. You can show up in the synergy of all that, recognizing that we are not just one facet. Like we're not just one thing. We're multifaceted. You know what I mean? So that, so I, I've, I've really enjoyed that. It was very uncomfortable. I started posting on Instagram in 2019 more consistently. Um, and I didn't know where it was going to lead. You know, I just, I was working with some business people and this was my challenge was to learn how to start showing up on social media. And it was super uncomfortable and it's been a journey. And then once I got into breathwork, I was like, ah, this is what I'm doing this for. (laughs) This is makes more sense. So yeah, I mean, like I've always, known that I wanted to do something where I could help other people. Like that's where, and you know, I mean, I could probably go back to, it's like, oh, well, you know, you're codependent. So of course you want to help other people, but it's like, (laughs) take the, take the attention off of yourself. But there's always, once you have the awareness though, that's the thing is once you have the awareness that you've had those tendencies in the past, you start to navigate within that world much more differently. And um. In 2000, at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, is when you you were talking about divine timing. And that was when there was a huge shift that happened in my life. And I wasn't looking for it. 
I really felt like it got dropped on my head and every, it was everything that I looked at in my life looked different. And as much as I tried to put everything back into the box that I was living in, it wasn't fitting anymore, you know, and that's, you can, I can say it now and talk about it lightly now, but at the time when I was going through it, especially being married, having children, having this whole world of life that I lived in, um, and, and falling out of that, it was scary. It was lonely. It can still be lonely. It was very emotional. Um, it was very confusing, you know, so it's, it's a process. And so through, through finding breath work and finding a way for me to be able to help other people, it's like, okay, I know I'm not the only one who's been going through this. And as people start to go through this, then here's a medium and a way for people, people to be able to start to navigate that. Yes, I 1000% agree. And it comes back to that, that concept of belonging. Mm -hmm. You know, and we all want to belong. And then, but the problem is, is that once our belonging trumps our authenticity, that's when we have those attachments. And that's when it's necessary for divine timing to be at play and to come in and to break those attachments to kind of shake us up to become more conscious and aware of how we're existing in the world and our attachments and how that's not serving our ability to show up authentic authentically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and we're not, we're not brought into this world. Well, most of us, I won't say all right. Cause some people are, but for me personally, wasn't brought up into this world to think outside of the box. Same. Was... We had that conversation growing up very religious. We both mm -hmm. have grown up on the opposite sides of the spectrum and religion. And I can completely relate to that for sure. Mm -hmm. And it was very safe. And, and that's another thing that has been part of my journey is understanding that just because you are born into a certain religion or a certain culture, um, doesn't make you wrong. You know, yeah. we're so quick to want to make what is different wrong and it's not wrong. You know what I mean? We are all having, we're all following our own path, being yeah. guided as best as we feel we're being guided. And the most supportive thing I think that we can do as a collective and individually is to support people where they're at, to yes. meet people where they're at, you know, cause I can't make a difference in my life and other people's lives in the collective by singling out and trying to identify what makes me different from other people. And therefore, I guess, you know, and I get it, like there's a part of us that we want to feel special and we want to feel like unique. And one of the ways we do that is by singling out, like, what makes me different? Why am I different from you? You know? But yet you're supposed to be because that's what we all bring to the table is something different about ourselves. I mean, like my unique soul blueprint is nothing like anyone else's, you know, mm -hmm. neither is yours, mm -hmm. but that's what also makes this like amazing world that we live in. Cause imagine if we were all the same, how boring that would be. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> unique, but also, but also here for each other. You yeah. know what I mean? That's that. And that was a big way for me to start to understand 
my place because I grew up thinking I needed to make you wrong so that I could be right, so that I could feel like I was okay. Because I, <laughs> I grew up, I remember before I got sober thinking, where did, how did everybody else get the handbook to life and why, why didn't I get it? <laughs> I don't know how to make sense of my world. Like I'm doing all the things. And that was the thing. This was all an internal journey, right? Yeah. Because on the outside, I did all the things that Same. you are quote unquote supposed to supposed do. Supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, it was fine. And I was, I was checking all the boxes and I, I had a good, you know, I was, I had the career, I had the kids, I had the marriage, I had the, I, all the things, the all house. the things. Yep. Yes. Everything. Got it all. Doing it all. Okay, great. So then why don't I feel complete inside? Yeah. Why don't, why I don't actually that... felt freaking miserable. <laughs> yeah. And, and so then I think, okay, well, I'm not doing something right. I must not be doing yeah. something right. Yeah. So let me try harder. Let me push harder. <laughs> let me force yep. harder, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then that was, what was your breaking point and how did you navigate through that? And how did you get to the breathwork space through all that? Mm. I, I think that, so I'm in my forties and I think that I've had a few breaking points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I think that each time we encounter a situation in our lives that doesn't go as planned, then we have two choices. We have the choice to lean into it, which I've never done gracefully <laughs> or, or, um, close off from it, close off from it, you know, put our head back in the sand and think, mm -mm, nope, there's, this isn't, this is nothing to do with me and everything to do with everybody else. And so getting sober was my first opportunity. I say, I say now opportunity to, um, to lean into, okay, what is not going on right with me? And then, um, the second major one was when my dad died. And that was in 2017. And it was, it was something where I did not realize that I didn't know how to process emotion. I didn't know anything about emotional trauma. I didn't, that I mean, trauma in and itself was like a word that I was like, that's for weak people. We don't talk about like, that's not a real thing. I didn't yeah. think therapy was a real thing. I didn't think um, any sort of these healing modalities were a real thing. Honestly, I, I really believed if you were having issues in your life, you just needed to pray harder because you weren't praying enough. <laughs> and that's what I did. And I, everything was outside of me. I mean, yes. All my answers were outside of me. The help was outside of me. You know, my, my, my point of view was if things weren't working, it was because I was focusing too much on myself and I was being selfish. <laughs> I didn't know that mm. part of the healing journey is to actually be selfish in the sense that I'm yes. doing my part to take care of me so that I'm not spilling it out on everybody else. Everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was the breaking point. So, and, and even at that point, like after my dad died, it was that, so that was 2017, it still took years of me doing my own work of figuring out, you know, why do I act the way that I do? Why do I feel the way that I do? Why do I believe what I do? Cause that was a huge thing. I started realizing, and are these beliefs and the way that I show up in the world, are they mine or were they something that were given to me? 
and that, and, and even, and in within that, and that's fine if they were giving to me, do I believe them? Yeah. You know, so I had to find my own way through that. And it was within that, that, uh, I started trying different things, you know, I was doing the meditation, I was doing the breath work, uh, different type of modalities that were helping me to see, okay, what is it that, that makes me tick? And breath work was something that I was very drawn to because I did not realize the power that our bodies have divinely given to us to be able to heal ourselves, to be able to connect to that higher consciousness, that source energy, God, whatever you want to call it, that we're part of that. I had learned all about that through the Bible. Yeah. And then once I started realizing it and embodying it in my body, I started see, reading all of that stuff differently. You yeah. know, how we connect and, and being cut from the same cloth and, you know, all of the, the breath of life and all these little phrases and stuff that would stick out to me from the Bible that I then felt, oh my gosh, this is what that meant. I didn't know that. So breath work and, and, and just, uh, then it was for the, for outside of just the, um, the spiritual side of it was the whole scientific side behind behind it and what it actually does and how it affects the body and that for me was i really latched on to that because you know we can kind of get a little bit lost if we start going real spiritual because some people can't connect with that and there can be this idea that well if i'm doing this kind of breath work and it's connecting me spiritually um am i sinning Am I doing something wrong? You know, and it's like, okay, so let's take that out of it. And let's just talk about it from a science perspective of what it does to the body. And that gives it, that makes it more available to more people. So. Okay. So tell me about the scientific side of it and tell me about that duality of how those two connect to each other. Well, now you could go all over the internet to find like the super, super science behind what breathwork yeah. does. Right. And, yeah. and so for me, the way that I practice it, somatic breathwork, and I, I went through my facilitation process through, um, somatic release and that's Steven Jaggers and, um, fish Fisher, Andrew Fisher is his name. But, um, and so what they teach is how we use the breath to allow the body, the space so that it can release unprocessed emotion because everything, you know, when I learned that every emotion that we feel that doesn't get an opportunity to express itself gets stuck in the body and that not only does it get stuck, but over years then turns into disease. I was like, disease, oh right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like words are not made by accident. No. And when I, and so then, and I would think about my dad because my dad died of yeah. cancer and he died of colon cancer. And I thought to myself, you know, this was a man that didn't show emotion ever. Oh. Yep. I mean, he show anger, but it was, but nothing else and very stuck, very contained all in the stomach and the, you know, and I think to myself, that's what he, I mean, yeah, he died of cancer, but he died of un unprocessed emotion yeah. over years. 
And so with breath work, you know, I think about the deer who freeze when I'm, I'm about to hit them. <laughs> then they run off and they shake it off. And we don't have the space to do that, you know, and, and it's, and it's not always um, appropriate in society. You're not going to just like have a conversation with somebody and then, you know, you feel all this emotion, you hold it in and then you take a minute and you like go run around, shake or whatever, you know? So we just culturally and as a society, we hold it in. Yeah. And so when we get into these breathwork spaces, it's an opportunity to allow the body to kind of to start to let some of that go because then afterwards i mean the consistent message and i've experienced myself is i feel lighter yeah you know but the key behind that is when we've lived in a certain way for so long you do the breath work but you're still acting in the same ways that cause the emotion to stay stuck so continuous breath work of allowing the body to release this emotion then opens you up to different ways of thinking. And that's where we, that's where we get that connection to that higher consciousness, right? We start to clear that path where we can hear it's intuition, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we start to feel and hear and see life in a different way. And then we get the choice. Yeah. That's when we have those pivotal moments where we get to act different. We get to choose different. And that's what I think is part of the waking up process is to start looking at things differently and think to myself, which is a very humbling and scary thing to do. Totally. Maybe I don't have all the answers. And maybe the way that I've been looking at life isn't the only way, which can be... <gasps> Because if that's true, then what else is true? Mm -hmm. right? And then you've lost everything you've attached yourself to as being true. And you're like, well, shit, well, what is true now? But that's the most amazing but painful space to be in because that's when you start to open yourself up to so much possibility. And that's when you stop limiting yourself in your life. Because now when you're open to all the possibilities instead of just what you can see and touch, mm -hmm. then you're like, well, dang. Where's, where can my life go now? And I, I feel like that's the huge place for people to be able to get to, but we're such control freaks mm -hmm. and I am not shaming anyone because I 1000% have been there and I was just had my, uh, a nurse friend here for the weekend who she is a little bit younger than me and hasn't worked in the industry and stuff as long as I was. And I could tell her that I remember specific moments in time where I had realizations but instead of leaning into letting go of control, I ended up choosing paths that felt more comfortable because they gave me more control. Like I realized working in the emergency room was just feeding my like chaos addiction, right? Where, okay, my marriage was very chaotic. It was like, I was damage control. He would just have no regard to things and make decisions. So then I was damage control. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to live that life anymore. But I recognized that basically my life outside of work was the same mm. as work was. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. So then I went to the intensive care unit, which felt safer because I had so much freaking control because I wasn't working in the chaos I was at the emergency room. But what I didn't realize in healthcare in general is that 
then that just created a more rigid box that I put myself in. Mm -hmm. And then I got to a certain point where I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't work for me. You know, and I just kind of went around to similar boxes, but didn't think of and consider the thought of, you know, what if I just chose something that allowed me to not have to control anything and not want to control anything. So then when, you know, you don't make the decision to leave, when life kind of comes back around and like lights it on fire, you're like, okay, okay, okay. I got it. Like, I'm not going back to that one. Then it opens the door for the possibility, but it's, you know, if we could choose that possibility, that's, that's always nice, but that's not always how, how it is. And like you're saying, I used to make a joke that I don't learn unless I learn it the hard way. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny because when, you know, for a while I was really into uh, Joe Dispenza meditation and one Same. of the things he would talk about in his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, Yourself was yeah. why you don't have to wait for yeah. a catastrophe to happen to change your life. And I thought, I get that. And I, I understand what you're saying, but that's not Logically. my experience. That's yes. not been my experience. And I am the, and I think most of us are, we're not, we, we're, it's, we're unconscious and, yeah. and we do what works until it doesn't work doesn't anymore, work. you know? Yeah. And that was the, that was the thing with this, you know, getting sober. It was like, I would keep, I would have kept drinking if drinking was working. But drinking was not working. It was causing havoc in my life. And it's like, okay, Suzette, at what point are you going to finally be like, this is enough? And same thing with control, right? We control until control stops working. And then yeah. we let go. And, mm -hmm. then we can, and then we pick it back up, right? Because that's in our nature. Like, we want to feel safe. Yeah. We want to feel safe. So whatever it is that we need to do in order to feel safe. And being out of control does not feel safe. You know no. what I mean? So, so even in the sense that there's a, a book I read, I don't remember the name of the book, maybe it was the spiritual steps or something like that, but it was talking about how, you know, take the drugs, alcohol, food, shopping, everything, all that stuff away that we can quote unquote, become addicted to. And you're left with the one thing that everybody is addicted to, which is control. We're yeah. all addicted to control. All of us. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's, you know, because we need safety. We need a way to be able to make sense of the world. That's why, you know, even within the Bible, it talks about we walk by faith, not by sight. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, great. <laughs> that requires me to let go of control, which is a daily, hourly, minute choice. Consciousness. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, but it's having to live in this state of consciousness. And it's crazy once you start realizing where you do become unconscious. And that is one nice thing about some of the Joe Dispenza meditations, especially the night and the day ones where um, at the end of the day, it's like, where did I go unconscious? And so then you start taking stock of what your day looked like. And you're like, Ooh, you start taking accountability for those things. Or if you're not doing something like that, it's the things that are quote, quote, going wrong, like all the stuff you're losing, you know, all the stuff that's kind of happening that's out of your control because you were so busy trying to control things that are in front of you, as opposed to just experiencing and being in it and being like, okay, well, you know, whatever happens, happens. And that has been so beneficial for me to get into that state when it comes to travel. Because mm -hmm. literally 
all the stuff about travel is completely out of your control. So the more I choose a different reaction, the better the circumstances turn out. And it's so freaking cool to see my last trip, our flight that left Texas left super late, probably like 40 minutes late. So then of course, when we get to our next destination, all the connecting flights, everybody is freaking out because everybody had connecting flights. Mm -hmm. And I just stood there and I was like, you know, I'll get there when I get there. And it was the most perfect freaking timing. My, I got on the little tram thing that went from my terminal to my next one. And then as soon as I got off the tram, my terminal was right there and everybody was lining up to, to board. And I was like, Mm -hmm. see, perfect. And I wasted zero energy on all the things I couldn't control about that and worrying about it. And I, I used to worry so much more. And I feel like that's definitely an ingrained female trait and especially generationally because, you know, our moms, our grandmas, all that kind of stuff. I don't have kids, but I feel like not only was that a generational thing that I picked up, but then also working in healthcare because Mm -hmm. all you're thinking about is like, this leads to this leads to this, right? It's like all the, the domino effect of the consequences. Mm -hmm. So that is where I was always clinging to like, okay, trying to prevent all these things when literally I can't prevent any of that. Like you can, you can spend all that time and energy trying to prevent all the things when if shit's going to happen, shit's going to happen, you know? And the more you just kind of can relax into it, the easier it gets to process. Oh, that's so funny too. Cause when, when, uh, when it does go according to your quote unquote plan, then for me, the idea would be, Oh, well I did that. I did that. Well, and don't get me wrong. Like you have to have some, some, some sort of, um, direction, yeah. you know, but then it's like, okay, here's the quote unquote loose plan. And now I get to show up and let it unfold. This is where mm-hmm. I want to be. This is what I want to have happen. And also I need to allow for the unexpected. And yes. I think that was the, something that I got a little, you know, it's, when people talk about, oh, I'm going to manifest this or I'm going to manifest that. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I get it that, that, um, you have, you know, you're going to place your intention and your feelings on making this thing happen. And that was why I went to the body, right? Because I was going to manifest my life into this perfect ideal, but I didn't want to have to, I was only going to think good thoughts. I was only going to think and feel how I wanted to think and feel. And it was all going to be joy and bliss. And I would wake up in the morning and this is how I'm going to feel and what I'm going to think about. And that's like, okay, great. And then your body's like, uh, hello. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. Your body's like, we, cause that's the, you know, you're fighting against yourself. Yeah. You're fighting against, hey, this is how I want to think and feel. But the body's like, yeah, but this hasn't been addressed. Yes. You need to address this. And so then people get caught in this loop. It's like, well, what's, and then what's wrong with me? Why is this not yeah. happening? Why do I keep having these feelings? Why do I keep having these thoughts? Because of the disconnect, we're not taught about how it's all related to each other. You know, when I learned about how the heart has more neurons and capacity than the brain, I was like, What? I always thought everything was in the brain. I had no no idea about the body, you know? So I'm like, 
do people know this? Like <laughs> people need to know but, this. But that's actually why we have so much heart disease because mm-hmm. we're so disconnected from our hearts and our hearts are like, our hearts are actually taking the burden of everything that we're experiencing. And that was such amazing things to learn and do through this process for me where I just became so much more open. Like we were saying mm-hmm. that living that really closed box life, the very black and white world. But then you get to this point where we're like, okay, shit, I'm doing all the things I am supposed to be doing and nothing's freaking working. So what else is there? How can I be more open? So once I got myself to a point where being, I'm, I was more open, started doing energy healing. Okay. It was cool to see how each different modality allowed me to create a different kind of space mm-hmm. and how I legitimately felt lighter. And I actually was physically dropping weight when every time I peeled back different layers and I did energy healing, but then I did like this magnetic heart masterclass with my crystal healer. And we did a lot of things where she taught, she taught us how to do our own heart clearing where mm-hmm. she's like, every time I start responding, responding in traffic, right? Getting annoyed because somebody's driving slow, somebody's doing something. I'm creating my own blockage in my heart. Every time I roll my eyes at my husband, I'm creating a blockage in my heart. So I have to go back in and and pull those out, consciously think like, okay, well, where have I created a block today? And mm-hmm. taking inventory at the end of the day, kind of like with your thoughts and Joe Dispenza and where'd you come unconscious? This is your being conscious of your connection to your heart. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty crazy that after I did a couple of those things, I'm not kidding for an entire, probably like month and a half period, I literally felt like I was high all the time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I just have so much love, you know, and it was awesome. But then it was kind of crazy to feel when I didn't feel like that, like, oh, wait, what's wrong now, you know? <laughs> but that's also, like you were saying, this and situation. <laughs> It's not this, I always have to feel really good or always really bad. There's going to be the in-between that you're going to fluctuate between and that's okay. And it's not that there's necessarily anything wrong. It's just that process of creating space, filling the space, creating space, filling the space, you know? Yeah. And see, that's, I love that because again, through conditioning, yeah, uh, these feelings check, 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 check. These are good feelings. And these feelings, check, 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 check. These are bad feelings. And it's like, well, are they? Or is it just because it's the story I've created about what I think these feelings mean that then places the meaning on them and I react to that versus here is something that's coming up in my body. What is the story I'm telling myself about what I'm feeling versus actually just experiencing the sensation that's coming up and allowing it to transmute and leave. You know, that's been a huge thing for me in, um, in this journey is recognizing how quickly I am attaching an idea and a story to the way that I feel and thinking, okay, I don't like the way this feels. I must be doing something wrong. How do I get out of it so that I can feel good? Because I'm a feel good junkie. I like, I want to feel good all the time, right? (laughs) And then, but part of the human experience is feeling all the feelings. All of them. They're all just sensations. You know, they're just experiences the body's having that 
if I could learn and allow more often, it would bring me into more of that space of peace and connectedness, you know, because that's really what I think that most of us are after is we just want to feel peace. We just want to feel calm. And society is not set up like that. And it's, no. and it's, I would say it's even, not even that it's not set up like that. It's actually set up to oppose that. It's society is set up to keep us in a state of stress, to keep us living in fear. Because when we're living in fear and our bodies are in a state of stress, we're on our way to disease and we're more easily controlled. Because Absolutely. if I'm stressed and in fear, I'm looking to something or someone else to provide safety for me. Yeah. That's been a huge reason and a huge driver for all that I'm creating and, and doing in my life right now, because I witnessed that so much firsthand. And mm -hmm. it was, it was literally like just freaking heartbreaking that every day I would go to work and it's not just the patients. It was so much of the staff. And it was like, all of a sudden you're awake in this world of everyone that is asleep, but also almost like they're intentionally holding weights to keep them, you know, nose high at the, the water kind of thing. And I'm like, this just, this, this cannot be the way this is not the way I freaking refuse to live my life like this. And I said, okay, well, what do I have to do first? Cause you know, we have to be the change we want to see in the world. What do mm -hmm. I have to do to get myself out of this? And then how can I get in a space of helping other people? And where I have been talking a lot about where not necessarily I went wrong, but the detour I took for a certain amount of time was thinking that to help people, I have to get in the trenches with them. Mm. You know, where in reality, like, no, it doesn't do any good. I, I used an example recently of going swimming with a bunch of people, going to a, a pool with a bunch of people that don't know how to swim, you know, and then getting in and trying to save every single person. Uh -huh. And when you get in the water, try to save someone from drowning, they try to take you down because they're in that fear state. So how do we get ourselves out of that and disconnected from that and then set the example and basically come with a different kind of energy. So then people are like, oh, that's different, you know, and decide if that's what they want or not, because we all have a choice. And I had to really disconnect myself from people have a choice. If that's how they want to live, that's fine. That's their choice. That's their path and be able to respect that. And it's not, I'm not better for my choice. It's just my choice. Taking the duality out of that, taking the good and bad out of that. And it just is what it is and all circumstances being neutral until we give it these thoughts and feelings to make it otherwise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it, just like what you said, I mean, it's each person's individual journey and my responsibility is to check in with where I'm at and what I need to be doing to keep myself clear and open and present for whatever is presenting itself, you know, and that's because I, that, that was a big, that was a big shift for me because if I felt I had learned something or could, Oh, I need to share this with people. And if I could just get yes. them to see, if I just yes. talk, at, if I talk at you more, yes. then you're going to like <laughs> see it and you're going to change. And it's like, uh, no, that might not be their journey. 
ever. I know. And that has been seriously so freaking humbling for me. And I don't know if you know who Marcia is. She's a healer lady here in the woodlands. Well, that was a conversation I had with her, her a couple months ago where I just, I shared a perspective and she said, that's not everybody's journey. She's mm-hmm. like, not everybody's soul chose a path to wake up. You don't know what all their past lives prior to this lifetime have been. And some people's soul chooses the journey that they literally just unconsciously skate because they've already paid all their past life karma, all that kind of stuff. So this lifetime, they chose that journey. And I was like, okay, that, that was a really good reminder for me. And I have to remind myself of that, of like, it's okay. Cause sometimes I feel myself getting more motivated in that way of like, okay, come on. Like you get, you, you become this cheerleader. And then when somebody doesn't want to, you're like, what the heck you're going to bring down the whole group, (laughs) but then acknowledging, yes, acknowledging that. Okay. It's that's fine. They just don't have to be a part of my group (laughs) and that's okay. That's, that's, that's a, that's a huge aha is recognizing that not everybody's meant to be in your tribe. Not everybody's going to be on the same journey as you, you know, can you still be, um, accepting of where people are at understanding that it's like you're who you associate with is, is changing. You know what I mean? And you're allowing that to change and investing in the spaces and the people and circumstances that, that feel right. Cause we're so used to doing what we think is right rather than what we feel is right. You know, but even, but even the feeling part though is why do I feel this way? Is it mine? Is it familiar? Is it that familiar hell? versus the unfamiliar Mm -hmm. heaven, because that's also not only what I've noticed that I've done intermittently when choosing friends or people to be around because it was familiar as opposed, but not, not like a healthy familiar as opposed to, Hey, I want to be around people that are going to help me grow too. But then that comes with that level of discomfort of like, okay, well, I have to be comfortable with being challenged right back then, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to being the one to challenge everyone else. Mm -hmm. So what I have noticed in even other friends and other people around is them choosing the same people that kind of keep you a little bit of the same as opposed to recognizing, Hey, I've grown and I need to move on from these people, places, and things that they connected with an old version of me. Mm -hmm. And are they able to see me in this new version of me and support me in this way. And if they're not, it's okay to let them go as opposed to trying to convince them to be okay with who you're becoming. Like Mm. if they don't like the way growth looks on you, then they are never going to be those people and those things to support you in that growth journey. And then it's, it's okay to leave them where they're at and they're only meant to be in your life for a season and not forever. (laughs) That's so easy to say. I know, I know, I know. It's so much easier to say than it is to do. (laughs) But then it goes back to a lot of the reason is because we don't want to feel uncomfortable. And that's been really humbling for me to acknowledge why I'm doing the things I'm doing that like, holy shit, I was just trying to avoid the discomfort of having that uncomfortable conversation Mm. because I've 
some people I've been able, like the whole, the concept of your vibrational match or not, some people I've completely witnessed that happening, that they, once you start growing and raising your own vibration, they are no longer a vibrational match. So they completely drop off. I've had Mm -hmm. friends that just go away, Mm -hmm. but the ones that are more of what you would call like karmic patterns or the people that are that same person, different body or the same situation, different day, because you haven't learned what you need to learn. Usually those require an entirely different level of maturity, of ability to handle discomfort because you're the one that actually has to close the cycle. Yeah. And again, that's so easy to say. You know, because that's, you're going against everything in your body, in your life Mm -hmm. that would suggest something different, you know, and there's, I've been in situations like that where you can know intellectually, but from a, yeah, well, and, and even from a body perspective, I think that we want to, we want to have what we want to have, <laughs> you know, we want to, oh, we want to have like, we want to have our cake and eat it too. We want to figure out how we can make things work and manipulate situations. We just do that. We do that, you know, and it's, and for me, it's just been a process of like, take my foot off my neck, recognize that it's, it's an unfolding. It's a forward, backward. It's a, oh, it's not like, oh, okay, I've got it. I get it. I know what I'm supposed to do. And therefore I go do it. It doesn't work like that for me. It's a, it's a process, you know, and then it may be time, time spent kind of doing this little dance and I'll get to a spot and realize, oh, I've let it go, but it wasn't an event. Sometimes it can be an event where it's just a one and done but most often it's an unfolding where then I get to the other side of something and I don't realize. And then I look back and I'm like, Oh, Oh wow. That's what was going on this whole time. Cause I was just in it. I was in the trudging of the decision-making yeah. and, and letting go and, and trying to, and picking it back up and all that, you know what I mean? Before I actually get to the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's also, um, acknowledging taking that moment and this has been something that i talked about recently like on my thankful thursday of that stillness and presence of stopping in the moment in this moment where you're at and be like huh this is where i'm at that's where i was holy shit i have come really freaking far and to be able to just relax in that moment because, you know, when we're trying to get somewhere, we're not really paying attention to how we're feeling in our body of, does this feel heavy, tight, restrictive, right? Or are we kind of paying attention to, does it feel in flow? Because that's one of the things I've been intentionally created in my life is what does flow feel like? Because I've lived for so long in the, I am going to have this. I'm going to chase it. I'm going to force it. And I'm like, that was so much 
heaviness on my body. Like after a certain point in time, it's like you feel all the stiffness you feel. And then the physical weight that comes on with it, you know, so it's been really trying to feel, okay, well, I'm very familiar with heavy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with push how and what would flow feel like? Mm-hmm. What would grace, what would ease feel like? So, but that requires a whole different level of presence in my body that I am having to consciously create because I'm so used to being this go, go, go. And so now when I meet so many people that I can recognize that they're basically kind of old versions of me, I have (laughs) such, I have such a different level of like empathy and compassion for them because I'm like, man, I have so been there, you know, and I have to disconnect myself from they have to want to change that though. Mm-hmm. Just because you recognize something doesn't mean they want to change it though. You know, you have to get they sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. That too. Oh they might not know how okay, it so, feels. So I want you to talk about how to start being more connected with your body because that I'm sure that's something you had to learn in the process of learning somatic therapy, correct? the somatic breath work yes Hmm. like what was the start of that because i feel like because we are so disconnected we all have our different obviously everybody has a different process of what works for them but like you said some people have no clue so what are some simple ways to start to try to get reconnected with ourselves and with our breath and our bodies asking asking the questions. And I just made a video about this. It's funny that you're asking that because it's, it's getting, it's separating our, it's separating ourselves from the story. Mm. It's, it's recognizing that we immediately go from feeling to story, how I feel, what it means, how I feel, why I'm feeling it, you know, we, immediate. It's just like, it happens. I do it too. And it's, it's noticing, okay, taking a moment, and feeling into where am I feeling this sensation? And it just becoming an observation. Like we get to become curious about observing us and our bodies and where we feel what we're feeling. So if something really exciting happens and I feel joy or I feel excited, okay, don't, don't, well, I'm feeling it because of blah, 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 blah take a step back. What am I feeling? Where is it? Where do I, where is it located in my body? What does it feel like? There's a book called the warrior heart practice and it's by Heather Ash, I believe. And she goes through separating stuff out into chambers. So you have the feeling chamber, the story chamber, the truth chamber, the intention chamber, and it helps us to start to learn how to identify and separate from the stories that we tell ourselves and the feelings that we're feeling. So just even starting to notice our body and where we sense things. And most of us, like if you are somebody that dissociated from your feelings in order to get through life, this, you know, you're, you're like, I don't feel anything (laughs) and you probably don't. And that's why, you know, that's why breath work can be so helpful because it helps us to get back into our body if we've spent our life being away from our body. So just starting to notice doing modalities, taking, taking stock of like where we feel things in our body 
checking in with ourselves. Like most of us get wake up in the morning and we jump out of bed and we're immediately off to the races with thinking about all the things that we need to do. We're not even in our body. We're just in our head worrying about the next thing that we've got to get done. And people could argue, well, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to think about how I feel. You could, so that one, that one's funny to me because I'm like, you are the creator of your reality. If you don't have time, to prioritize your own body. If you don't have time now, when will you then? You know, because everybody's like, well, because of this, well, because of that. But you get to have a choice. And that is one thing I love the most about my life now and mm -hmm. why I can literally never freaking go back. Because mm -hmm. I wake up every morning and I'm like, you know what? I don't have to be anywhere right now. Mm -hmm. I don't want mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. You know, and the only time I even set an alarm is so I can not be late to yoga because they lock me out, <laughs> you know, um, you know, and then just prioritizing how I want to feel. And I'm like, okay, I know how I felt before and what results I had in my life with feeling like that before. Mm -hmm. How can I do that differently now? Mm -hmm. And I love that you brought up getting curious because that was actually eat with each different like awakening I've had, like we will talk about this is so many, like so many times it all started with, because I got curious because I started to question, is this it? Is this all I want for my life? And also because I dissociated from my body for so long because that's what I had to do to be able to be good at my job. That's what's mm -hmm. funny about stuff in, in healthcare, in healing modalities of any kind. You actually have to have that very large capacity because you think about what makes you a good healer or makes you good at holding space is your capacity and your capacity for empathy, mm -hmm. right? And your capacity to feel what others are feeling, but that's also what makes it unsafe mm -hmm. because you can't sink with the ship. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to be the one to like, keep it going. So acknowledging where I was out of my body and then where my body started freaking screaming at me and I couldn't ignore it anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then it was okay. That was really unfamiliar. But so where did I go initially? My mind. And that's mm -hmm. where a lot of, I feel like that's where a lot of us go. That's where you know, we get curious and instead of going into our body and talking with our bodies, we start to read. Great. Yes. That's so much of a better space to be in than, you know, dissociating with all the other addictions that we all could, you know, numbing ourselves out, mm -hmm. but that still keeps us out of our body when we're so intellectual like that. That's like, that keeps us in like our ego mind where I just want to consume all this information, but I'm just, it's just keeping me up here. It's not keeping me in here. It's just a different type of dissociation. So I am really prone to that. So that's where I, like, I love my books and I have a stack of them, mm -hmm. but I intentionally am like, you know what, when I feel this craving that I need to go learn something, I'm like, no, that's when I put on a meditation and I sit in front of my <laughs> red light. I sit in silence. I go put my feet out in the grass. I am acknowledging that, hey, I feel like I want to go outside myself. So how yeah. can I go back within myself? Mm. Yeah. Creating new neural pathways. Yeah. 
repeated, repeated, repeated. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. my gosh. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. So we get curious and then we start identifying inner body. Then where do you go from there though? Well, I mean, my recommendation would be for anybody who's in that space is to, to start looking into modalities where you can start to learn about your body and what you feel, you know, seek out um, a somatic therapist or um, breath work, things where you can start to notice or get help with noticing what's going on with your body, you know, because I think that, that, that that's really the key to the healing is to becoming allowing the the body and the mind to come back together to you know that's that's been key for me and and I think that that's we're not taught how to do that that is something we have to seek so that would okay. be yeah I want you to speak specifically to men about this because mm. a lot a lot of men come to me on a daily basis. I'm not kidding. I step out of my house and some random dude starts talking to me about his personal life. <laughs> um, what do you recommend for men that are in that space where they are acknowledging that they're very in their mind? Mm -hmm. What do you recommend for them? What direction, like how to navigate going from there of they having this acknowledgement and then they're like, okay, but they're terrified of the vulnerability of feelings. 100%. I mean, that's, they're not, that's how society has raised them. <laughs> I know, but I, it's breaking my heart and I am like, okay, well, where can I direct these people to? Because I have acknowledged that I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what it's like to be a man in this, in today's day and age in the world right now, where can I refer you to, you know, mm -hmm. because they will come asking me specific things. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously you have to figure out what's best for you, mm -hmm. but how, how has this been, how has breath work been beneficial for specifically men? Oh my gosh. I mean, like, well, one, it gives them a safe space to, to feel an emotion. And even within that, right. When you've, when you've suppressed your emotions for so many years, it's not like you're going to feel an emotion and just lose all sense of yourself and just like, ah, start crying or screaming or something like that. Like you still, it's still an invitation to allow the body. But, but, but when we can get our mind out of the way, and that's what breath work does is it gets our, it kind of puts our mind on the back burner and lets us, lets it take a rest. It allows the body to have its space. I mean, breath work is so important. And I mean, men, I don't, I don't particularly think that just talking about stuff is gonna, it doesn't do, it can re-traumatize you. It doesn't really do anything, you know, unless you're working with somebody that can actually start to incorporate the body with that, like mm -hmm. seek out a somatic therapist, seek out somatic experiencing, seek out men, other men that have worked with somatic experiencing, breath work. I mean, you can do the, the ice plunge and the sauna and all these things, but then you can get addicted to just doing all the things, right? Yes. That's yes. the thing. Like, well, I do this, I get up, I meditate, I read, I do my ice plunge, I do my, uh, my, my sauna, da, 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 still disconnected still disconnected, yeah. but checking all the boxes. There's a humility that has to come with being open to admitting you're powerless over what's happening in your life and that you need help and that there is 
an option to have a better life where you feel more at peace. But that's a huge thing. And I think for men, it's very, that's humility. They equate humility with um, weakness. So it's a reframing of recognizing that vulnerability is actually something that's extremely courageous. Mm -hmm. And and that's Brene Brown. So <laughs> that's I, know, I love other... Brene... <laughs> I love I love so much what Brene Brown says and I love that she's like that Texan too, you know. So that's why it's like you end up pursuing this path because you are trying to get home to yourself, but you don't realize how yes, we're all different, but then like you said, we're all cut from the same cloth though, and we all have our own unique journey but we're all experiencing it in like a parallel manner, you know, where it's like, it doesn't look the same in your life, but it literally results in the same consequences, you know, the same diseases, the same, I mean, think about, um, Garber Mate's book and how he's talking about all these different diseases, especially for females, all the autoimmune issues is because females have repressed and disconnected from their core so much. And like mm -hmm. a lot of females that have, you know, the same issues is they're not speaking their truth. They're not using their voice because mm -hmm. we're conditioned to be these good girls and we're conditioned to fit into these boxes and not make waves and do those things. But then it's like the same spectrum for men though, of just, you know, a lot of people talk about like feminism and the female repression, but then I saw this video where this guy asked this chick like, okay, well, what's a right that women are fighting for that they don't, that they don't have that men have. And she was like, oh, that's a good one. I can't think of anything, you know, <laughs> but then the crazy thing is, is that in a way, I feel like a lot more men are kind of in this like repression a little bit because there's so, so much weight on them from society of this conditioning of like not feeling your emotions and not being vulnerable. But then there's a lot of people that don't have the space for them. That's what I've noticed. So it, that's where I'm trying to help people connect back to themselves because we have to be safe within ourselves to be a whole, be a safe space holder for other people. And that's what I love about some females that I've worked with, including you, my friend, Stacy, my crystal healer, Kat, Lorianne. I feel like all these women have taken a lot of their own accountability for things in their life. So they're able to show up to these spaces for these sessions. And I am not absorbing or feeling some of their stuff. Cause I feel like that's actually what I get sensitive to is mm -hmm. when somebody it brings their stuff in. Mm -hmm. I can't work my stuff out when you bring the weight of yours in here, right? So I love that there's people that are setting the stage for, hey, creating this safety. So then it allows other people to create their own safety. And mm -hmm. I am sharing a lot of this stuff with some of the men I know because they all kind of have the same things that they're complaining about or that they're talking to me about. And a lot of it is, men that have just, they're connected to their body, but not connected to their body where, you know, they're very heavy in the gym, you know, doing all the things, but then it's like, oh, they still have all this chronic pain and they have other chronic health issues underlying or autoimmune issues. And you're like, okay, but you're still not actually connecting to your emotional body. You're connecting to your physical body, but not your emotional body. And there is other mo modalities and other things. And I love that you mentioned just because you feel a feeling doesn't mean you're going to like completely lose all touch with reality and everything. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that is a lot of the fear 
that, oh my gosh, if I show emotion, if I feel emotion, I'm going to completely drown in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, also in the, that book, Daring Greatly, Brene Brown talks about and uses the example, which I loved, was how, to be fair, most of society, women included, don't know how to handle men with their when they're emotional. Do you oh, know what I mean? So totally. like we I've been completely res- guilty of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have a responsibility to do our work to create the space for them to be able to express their emotions. And when I say that, I don't and that's the thing, right? Like certain emotions have been deemed acceptable for men, like rage. Like, it's fine. Okay. They rage out. Well, that's just what men do. Do you know what I mean? And that's like, it's, uh, I mean, breath work. <laughs> it's like, cause then you don't have to think about, you don't have to think about, um, what emotions are going to come up and, and why they're yeah. coming up or, you know, in what capacity or because of what it's not, it's just, it's, it's a bodily response to, it, and and there are men breathwork practitioners out there. So if men feel more comfortable being with men practitioners, you know that's seek out um seek out somebody you're comfortable with. It's about finding someone that can that can meet you where you're at and hold space for you in a way that allows you to give your body the space to do what it needs to do. You know. Yeah, and I love that you'll always it, that concept of timing again. How people things nothing's random everything happens when it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And I had already started my process of trying to come back home to myself, right. And being more open to things. And when I went on a retreat in Greece last year, we did breath work along with like cord cutting, other things we were doing. And I started to feel things in my body that I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And then I started learning about more of our energy centers and chakras and energy being trapped. So now I'm much more familiar with when I feel something. I'm like, okay, what is my body asking of me right now? Mm. You know, what am I holding on to? So then I start to get curious about those things. But I wouldn't have been open to that a year before that. You know, I would have just been doing it and be like, okay, like this is uncomfortable. I don't like it. I didn't, I wasn't in a space where I was ready to start taking this accountability for I feel this way as opposed to just, you know, I don't like the way, like I get like a weird twinge in my shoulder blade when I do breath work, you know? Mm-hmm. So I started using all these different things to connect the dots. And this is where I challenge people that want to go straight to like plant medicine and all these other modalities where that is still seeking something outside of us. We have all the answers. We have all the innate knowledge Yes, that could be a good adjunct when you get to a certain place on your journey for sure. But I love that so many people and things that I've experienced is kind of like, oh, but you can do breath work and experience so many of the same experiences that people have experienced with plant medicine, which I feel is pretty cool because then you don't need necessarily to go get something or get someone else. You could literally do it all in the comfort of your own home, you know, at your computer, do anything like that. Um, or obviously there's events and, you know, you do at the yoga studios, which I think is really cool. So people that aren't comfortable doing it on their own yet and aren't comfortable with the one-on-one situation, that is a good starting place for people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you're open, put out 
in the universe, like say it out loud. I'm a good, huge proponent for saying things out loud. I talk to myself all the freaking time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> all the time, because then your, your voice carries a certain tone and a certain energy. And that's how you're able to manifest things into existence by speaking them. Like we're constantly mm -hmm. manifesting everything in our life, regardless mm -hmm. of, you know, it's what we think we want, but we're manifesting it because it's what we need to experience mm -hmm. to get to the next phase of our life or to learn something about ourselves. So putting it out in the universe. So then it comes back to you. And so then, you know, if you end up seeing this event or something, it's, it's because you needed to. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it all comes at its own timing. And, you know, something you said about the, the plant medicine is, um, it's, it's, it's touching on something that already ex exists inside of you, yes. just like breath work and none of this stuff. So the breath work can, t can help the body to release suppressed emotion, but the, the work to make different choices happens in that integration and that whether you're doing plant medicine or you're doing breath work or whatever, what you do with the information that you receive afterwards, after your session, that's what helps you start to create those new neural pathways to start making different choices, to start becoming that different version of yourself, you know? So yeah, yes. the plant medicine is like, I mean, I guess that can be a, um, a triggering event, but it's not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm open to so many more things than I was ever open to before, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, I just feel like one of the huge things that's come to me recently in all the different experiences, cause I truly feel like I am put on this earth to just experience everything mm -hmm. and say yes to most things. Mm -hmm. And what I'm learning is that you could say yes to it and experience it and decide, Hey, this isn't for me and that's okay, but doesn't mean it's not for someone else. Mm -hmm. And to be able to share those experiences with people and then be like, okay, here's like a platter mm -hmm. of different modalities and different things. You get to decide what works best for you and what is a good environment that's most conducive for you. Cause that's the mm -hmm. other thing I've really been able to acknowledge what environments are conducive for my growth and what aren't. Mm -hmm. And some people don't like that, which was very interesting to experience when it wasn't conducive for me. And I, and I vocalized it. I was met with a lot of, um, just a different, interesting experience where like they were not happy and they didn't agree. And it was one of those instances where I said, okay, well, just because you don't agree, doesn't mean it's not true for me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. was also humbling to be able to experience. So then I am more conscious of just because someone else experiences something different than me doesn't mean they're wrong either. Like I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not right. You're not right. It's just what's true for me. Yep. Yep. And that's a good reminder because then, you know, we all have to figure out what's best with connecting us to our bodies and whatever modality that is doesn't mean it's wrong or right for the next person either. So true. <laughs> so true. <laughs> That's good. So what is, what has been some of the most beneficial things for you in this phase of your life that you're in? Hmm. Well, 
I'm in a very curious phase. Breathwork, journaling, um, observing, really being, being in my body, being in nature, getting my feet in the ground, less in my head. I think those are those recognizing and coming from a place of maybe I don't have all the answers. Maybe I don't have all the answers and what more is there to this situation that I'm not seeing? And then allowing it to unfold. Allowing, allowing, allowing. Surrender, surrender, surrender. Yes, it is. And it's just when you think you've surrendered enough, you need to surrender some more. <sighs> because sometimes we don't always journey. have to. Yeah, and, but also sometimes we don't need to be in a space of constantly seeking. Mm-hmm. That was a realization I had recently as well because I got so curious, you know, that I was just like, okay, how many doors can I open when it was like, okay, well, why can't you just sit with what is right now? You know, and that's that yet again, full circle of right here, right now. And you can be curious about the right here, right now, but it doesn't mean you have to keep going backwards or going forwards and really creating that presence and what that even like looks like. Cause if, when you're unfamiliar with that, it's freaking weird, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and you are curious, but then you realize that your curiosity is leading you in these other directions and not in the now. Mm-hmm. Our, our forever, <laughs> our forever challenge is to be in the present moment, especially with just the way, you know, if you've got a lot of different things that are going on in your life, then just being able to take a few minutes to pause and breathe into your body and be in the moment of what's going on, you know, and sometimes that, you know, that can be difficult for me. So taking a moment to notice what's going on around me, to notice the birds, to notice the trees, to notice where my feet are, to spend more time feeling into that versus it will take me out of uh, being in my head. Because I think I could live in my head very easily. That's what I'm trained to do. So it takes a conscious effort to focus on my heart and get out of my head. And that's, you know, another thing that I practice is um, heart math. So focusing on my heart, focusing on uh, the attention around my heart and the feelings of appreciation. You know, I ask people to think about things that they're grateful for. And a lot of times it's easier to think about something we can appreciate because if we're not used to feeling gratitude, just ask somebody, well, what are you grateful for? It's like, uh, you're, you're in your head thinking about, uh, I guess I'm grateful for, you know, my life, <laughs> but to appreciate, like, what do I appreciate? And to feel that, right. Cause you know, you did yes. the stuff like, it doesn't matter what, so much what I'm thinking it's, it's how I'm feeling. So feeling those things, really trying to be more intentional about feeling the way that I want to feel and noticing when I don't feel like that to pay attention to what is it that I need to do to take care of myself. Yes. And I actually go in spurts where, um, where I intentionally do not do his meditations because I find myself more in my head, Mm -hmm. listening to his talking than I do in my body. Mm -hmm. So when I do 
like when I sit outside, you know, I focus on, you know, just how my feet feel in the grass, how like the sun feels on me, you know, listening to the birds and the breeze. And when I do my gratitude practices, I feel those in my body, but I notice when I'm listening to his stuff, I'm too busy thinking of things as opposed to like, I notice I, I can't really get in my body sometimes. Mm -hmm. So when I recognize that, then I'm like, okay, I actually checked out of doing just those meditations. And now I just will put on, sometimes I'll do subliminals. Mm -hmm. So it really kind of gets you in this space where it just kind of cuts out a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. So then you can, it's almost like you can feel the music. And that's why I really like the music that you play during yours too. Cause the same thing, I feel like music is a really big thing that speaks to me. Mm -hmm. And that's actually how my higher self and the divine like connects with me. I, I dream of music and I wake up singing songs mm -hmm. and then awesome. during the day, during the day, the same thing happens. And so then sometimes it's songs I've never even heard of. I just, I know the lyrics. So then I Google it and then I look at what the lyrics say. And it's kind of cool because it says very specific things. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of fun, but I've just noticed that I'm not a, I'm not a like one of everything. Kind of, I'm not a one specific thing. And I like what I, when I asked you that when you were over at my house, you're just like, well, I kind of dabble in this kind of dabble in that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. Cause I'm the same because mm -hmm. I just, I can't get into just being this diehard Joe Dispenza only meditator. Right. Mm -hmm. I listen to a lot of frequencies and then I like to incorporate crystals and stuff too. So then it's kind of like, it's okay to be this and that, mm -hmm. like you said, mm -hmm. and <laughs> so also <you> don't, <laughs> yes, yes. You don't have to fit yourself into this one box. And even though you practice somatic breath work, that's not all you do. Mm -hmm. You know, you incorporate these other practices because I feel like each modality helps you connect with different parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Multifaceted. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And it, I feel like that's also one of the, one of my kind of goals in the people that I've been crossing paths with and choosing to come be on the post on my podcast, because everybody has something a little different and they have a different look and feel and message of their own, which makes it really cool for people that are new in the space to know that like, I don't have to look this way to be mm -hmm. spiritual. Mm -mm. And, and that's what's funny, right? Because we don't, we don't become spiritual. We're spirit. <laughs> yes. We're just part of what we are is spirit, body and spirit. So it's yes. not that you're becoming anything. You're just unfolding and you're allowing the true essence of who you are to be seen. Yes. That's... But the funny thing about that is that think about how long we've lived life outside of that. So it's almost more frightening to allow our true selves to come out and to uncover all those things because that's actually, we're actually more familiar with everything that's not us than who we actually are, you know, and what our true essence really even is. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I would say, you know, I've been my true self in as much as I could in each phase of my life, right? In each, yes. in each phase, it's been me. It's been who I am. And so as I progress through my life and I keep peeling that layer of the onion back, 
it's just an unfolding into that next phase of, okay, this is, this is how I'm showing up as Suzette in this moment now. And I'm yeah. sure it'll look different in, you know, a week or a month or a year. It's just, it's an unfolding process and, and it didn't make who I was wrong. It was yes. just part of my journey. Well, and I love that you mentioned that because I feel like there's a lot of shame associated with that. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of shame associated that we've attached to ourselves for being who we were then and the decisions we've made. Mm -hmm. And it, it's kind of like, but you, that you did the best with what you could then. It's almost like, but when you know better, then okay. Yeah. Then it's your duty to do better. It's one thing when you know that, okay this is bad for me. And, you know, I know this isn't right for me, but you also have to give yourself grace that you have to be ready. I mean, I think about how long I stayed in my marriage when it wasn't healthy. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't ready, but it's crazy. Is that when I was ready, there was nothing that was going to stop me. Mm -hmm. And some of my friends that I've had conversation with, and they're just really struggling with how they can't really commit to this path of ascension for them. And I'm like, but you're just not ready. And that's okay. That's how you just have to give yourself grace and more love for where you're at now. And just know that when you are truly ready, when the timing is such, you will be an unstoppable force. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you just, you know, sit around and wait and don't, don't do anything. Sometimes mm -hmm. that is what was, what is required, but it doesn't mean you have to shame yourself for not being where everybody thinks you should be or where you even think you should be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because That's that, like you said, that, that is part of you in that moment in time, in that space you were in. Mm -hmm. And, and as you said earlier, you know, there's, everybody has their own journey. You know, I used to wonder what was God's will for me? I wanted to understand how do I know if I'm living God's will? And what does that look like? And at the time, the message that I received from someone that I respected dearly was, it's whatever you're doing in this moment. When you're being present in the moment, that's God's will. And you could call it, you know, source or whatever, or your higher self or whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's just showing up and being fully present in the moment speaking from your heart as best as you can, you know, without judgment. I mean, that's easier said than done. I think we think that we all just, we, we judge, we don't know that we're judging. We're just judging. That's what we're, we're raised to do. But when we can catch ourselves, we get to make a different choice. So. And then insert compassion. Mm-hmm. Most because, for ourselves, because then that's yes. just a compassion for others. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's the same thing with the whole concept of being able to feel into the not so good feelings, mm -hmm. because the more you can feel into the things that don't feel good, the more things, the more space you allow yourself to feel the joy. So it's, I had this conversation recently with someone I know about men being anger, anger mm -hmm. being like the driving emotion, driving force. And 
it's sad that so many of them don't realize that you're actually depriving yourself from so much joy, so much love when you're not, when you're not in that space where you're willing to feel into it, to be able to let go of the anger, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to let go of that space that you're sitting in, you know, then it's, it's almost like, but now, but now you're, but now you're settling for not even being able to feel all the amazing things that life does have to have for us. And it doesn't have to be just that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, and if you've never experienced anything but that, it's like, okay, great. So tell me how to do that. <laughs> I know, but then Thanks that's that. that. <laughs> but then that's that, that space of like willingness though, mm-hmm. you know, where I, that's that humble pie again of realizing I was not always willing. Yeah. You know, so I didn't connect with very many people back then that had a different life, that experienced things differently because I wasn't willing to do anything different myself. Yeah. So until I was willing to do anything different, I wasn't even, I wasn't even a vibrational match for anyone that lived any different way or could offer different perspectives. What I do think is really cool though, is that I feel like a lot of people that come on my path, there is part of them that is ready and willing, but it's an interesting place to see the struggle of where their attachments are. Mm -hmm. And if they're fully ready to surrender to letting those things go, to go forward. Cause, cause some people that come across my path, they're very open in the very beginning, but other people are like just the toe in, mm-hmm. just the toe in. Mm-hmm. So initially it's kind of like they come with me, they come to me with some questions and I'm like, okay, okay. You know, then they go away for a little bit then they come back a little more open, a little more open. And then it's really cool to see. It's like, there's where I've acknowledged. Okay. They're not ready, but here's a seed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's another seed mm-hmm. because they're coming because part of them is willing. Mm-hmm. I just have to disconnect myself from the outcomes of them actually doing it or not and plant the seed, mm-hmm. plant the seed. And it, you know, whether it grows or not is not my decision. It's not my path. It's, it's theirs, but we're all so interconnected to be able to help each other grow in some kind of way, right? Help make each other's gardens even more beautiful and flourish even more. Mm-hmm. So, okay, plant a seed, but disconnect and detach from there. And then if they do come back around and the seed actually sprouts into something, it's so freaking amazing and, and to see for them, you know, because it's like, you did that. Nobody <laughs> else did that. You did that. Yeah. 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 You and know, cause just- even then, no, go ahead. Even then we're so conditioned to, you know, think that other people are doing it for us. And it's like, no, you did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's just the the connectedness of all connectedness of all of us. You know? We're doing our work. We're we're showing other people, we're giving other people permission to open themselves up. I think that's the key. The key is, is, uh, 
doing keeping our side of the street clean and doing our work mm -hmm. so that it gives other people the permission to feel comfortable enough to start down that path themselves. Yes, very, very true. Okay, well, I thank you so much for coming today and showing up thank and also for asking. crossing my path because yes. that was really awesome to be able to experience the one-on-one -on -one session and to have just such a different experience than what I've had before mm -hmm. and then be able to really know kind of what works for me and what doesn't, you know, and what mm -hmm. I prefer and what I don't prefer. And then to be able to share that experience with others and then also to share with you with others. Yeah. So yeah. Thank what, you. What is the best way to find you and connect with you? Instagram or social media. I have a website. Okay. It's healingbreathtx.com. And then my social media is my name, Suzette Sondag. That's the best way. Okay, cool. So I will put your information in the show notes and as well as, as this book also that you were talking about, The Warrior Heart mm -hmm. Practice. So yeah. um, then people can access it as well. What was the Brene Brown book too? Oh, Daring Greatly. That's a great book. Daring Greatly. Mm -hmm. I did Dare to Lead and mm -hmm. I had already, I read Dare to Lead. I was already in the space when I got terminated that I was like, I want to lead a freaking revolution because there's just <laughs> no way. There's just no way that this is the way to live. This is not the way. Yeah. And I know I'm not the only one because so many people pulled me aside and had conversation with me, but they were not they did, weren't in a space to have courage to actually step up because they were too afraid. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, but I know there's more people like me out there. And I just didn't know what, how I was navigating it. And I find it really, really interesting that September, 2021 is when I was terminated from my job. And now mm -hmm. look what's happening coming up to September, 2023. Now they're talking about all the same drama. And I'm like, how crazy is it that this is the same energy and the same things happening. So I read dare to lead and she talks so much about having the courage to be the one to step up and lead. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's what it is. I'm going to lead a courage revolution. <laughs> so I love how it all, it all has um, come full circle. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening everyone. And for having Suzette here on my podcast. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week and I will see you on the next one. Bye. It's stopping. It's thinking. It's so weird that it, it's, we'll have to see. I'll have to watch it before I